This is Apostle James Podcast. Transfiguring the world by the word of God and bringing joy to the faces of many. Hello, you are welcome to a very special edition of this podcast. We hear the mystery of connection, the mystery of prayer, the mystery of the Holy Spirit. And then here we are going to, you know, this is Apostle James podcast transfiguring the world by the word of god and bringing joy to the faces of many oh yes that is our business bringing joy to the faces of many you are preciously welcome to this special edition once again with apostle james and uh, brother brett nazinski as we look into the word of god you see, we transfigure the world by the word of God. The only solution to every single thing that we have is the word of God, is the anchor. How about a time that you have bereavement or you have difficult situations? What is the thing that drives you is the word of God. So you are going to see from a passionate heart as we discuss today. You are surely going to be blessed. It comes in two parts by the express grace of God. So you listen to this and also listen to the next part of this. Just take time and listen and God will surely bless you right now. I'm going to pray. God, we just want to thank you for uh, bringing us together again for this podcast, Lord God. We know that you're the only reason that we're alive, Lord God, and help us to live every day as if it's our last. Help us to live every moment as it's the only thing that matters, Lord God, because you, you are the only thing that matters to us, Lord God. Help us to live for you. Help us to live, to walk, to grow in our purpose so that others can others can, can learn about you, Lord God. Others can see you through us. Allow us to see you through them, Lord God. We just want to thank you for sending us the, the knowledge of our mistakes, our errors, Lord God. Remove any stress, anxiety, any fear, any worry, any doubt, any guilt, any shame, any anger, Lord God, any hostility, any bitterness, any resentment, Lord God. We ask that you remove all the addictions of the world, Lord God, that you remove all the alcoholics, uh, Lord God. We remove that thought process from the mind, Lord God. Remove anybody who's struggling. Remove Anybody who's in the middle of poverty, Lord God, remove the hunger pains from people who have no food, Lord God. Bring nourishment to their bodies, Lord God. Redeem them, restore them, Lord God. Cleanse them, make them new. Allow them to see your holy face, Lord God, so that they can come after you for more and more and more and more and more, Lord God. Help them to be filled with your spirit right now, Lord God. Give them the language that they need, Lord God, to communicate with you. In everything that they do, Lord God, allow them to see you in every single thing on this earth, Lord God, from the trees to the birds to the air to the leaves to the people to the church to the building blocks, Lord God, of your love. You are the cornerstone of our lives, Lord God. Allow us to build our surroundings based upon your word, Lord God, because it is solid ground. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. God is good. All the time, man. His mercies endures forever. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling yes. you. Yes. Whew. I need him. I need him today. Yeah. And a little... This podcast, this... Uh, that program really just almost ruined my... I almost let the podcast thing ruin my day. That program. Yeah. That program. Yeah. 
it, the program almost just ruined my day. And I was like, man, I, I got, we got to pray. What's going on today? Well, where, where, are we, where are we at? Uh, wait, so what do you have today? You know, like last week I did almost all the talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did almost all the talking last week. So, yeah. so what, yeah. what do you... I, 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 you know, I found out last Monday, I don't know if I told you about... Oh yeah, I guess I haven't talked to you. No, no, no. Last Monday I found out that a friend of mine died. Did I tell you uh... that? No, so a friend of mine, he got a, he got a job at a church down in Florida, yeah. and he went down there to work and, and at this church. He got a real big church, yeah. and he was doing real good, man. And then, uh, you know, things things happen. He's a young kid. He was only twenty four years old. Twenty four years. And, yeah, and so his I talked to him Christmas, and that was the last time I talked to him. And then, uh. Me and him used to used to talk like me and you do on, on the podcast, uh, you know. Like we we would just talk about the word and we could talk for hours. That was, you know what I mean. He, he was one of those people that you could you just sharpen an iron all the time. Uh, and so, uh, but yeah. So his roommate came home and found his body was decomposed in his apartment when he came home. He was dead for two weeks. For two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Nobody found him for two weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, so then I, and this happened in January, and I just found out last Monday. We had just found out. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I think, uh, you know, kind of what's actually what, the, what, what keeps popping on my mind is in that, in the middle of that situation, uh, you know, a lot of times like this, the, the times like these can uh, lead a person in the wrong direction. You know, uh, times like these can cause a person to question God. Uh, I don't question God. Why? Why my? Why it was His time? You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't question God. I don't question God. I know that God's in control, and His His purpose and His will and His way is perfect in every way. But I do know that my friend did know Jesus. And so he is with him happy right now, living eternally. He's so, he's, man, he, he has no, he's set free. He is completely free right now. And I'm encouraged just to know where he's at. You know, I'm encouraged to know that his faith is really the only thing that mattered to him was his faith. And he stood on that, you know, we're, we're not, we're all not perfect. You know, we, we all make mistakes. So, in uh, in First Peter, uh, first of all, I'm just going to read the fourth chapter of Peter. First Peter, chapter four. Um, but first, God, we just want to ask you for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, Lord God, your peace, your revelation, Lord God, your prophecy, Lord God. God, we just want you to lay upon us the words that we need right now to heal us, those around us. And just send your blessings down with the rain, Lord God. Just as much as you make it rain in the biggest storm, Lord God. Allow the, the raindrops to turn into blessings, Lord God, as they touch our bodies and they soak and absorb into our skin, Lord God, that your will may be not only manifest in our lives, Lord God, we might be a walking reflection of you in every way, Lord God. Strengthen us. Strengthen us up, Lord God, and allow us to endure any kind of hardships today. In Jesus' name we pray. We ask that you set us free. Amen. Amen.
Uh, so in First Peter uh, chapter four, <clears throat> he's talking about suffering. And in First Peter chapter four, it says, "Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind." For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Because, you know, whenever we die to ourselves, to die to ourselves means that there had, we have to resist the temptation, the lust, the things of this world. We have to resist them. And it hurts sometimes to resist those things. Sometimes it actually takes an extra effort to resist the enemy. You know, and I, I you know, I, I recite the scripture all the time. James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist it, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. You have to resist. But, you know, the word resist, whatever thing, resistance, it means that two things are going against each other. You know, our, our flesh and our spirit, you know, God and, and human, you know, they're going against each other, the spiritual and the carnal, you know. And so we 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 wage against ourselves and so it says therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh arm yourselves also with the same mind and if you know the mind of you know the, what christ went through if you know you look at the picture of christ not to just not to just vaguely look at it but to just, if you really dive into what christ how did christ suffer christ suffered such a brutal and painful death i mean when they scourged him the scourges were like, if anybody's ever been fishing before, it's like a treble hook, right? And the treble hook has multiple hooks on it. And so when the treble hook hit, when you catch a fish with a treble hook, that fish is not going anywhere. It, that fish is not going anywhere. You catch a fish with a treble hook and he's on there. He's on there. And so, you know, the, the whenever they scourged him, it was things that looked like treble hooks. And so when they hit him on the back, on his, on his skin, when they, whenever they whipped him with, with the, when they scourged him, they, they hit him with, with these with, with these leather uh, scourging tools or whatever, and they hooked into his flesh and they pulled it, and his skin would come off of his body. You know what I'm saying? That's what real scourging is. That's what they did to Jesus, and that's what they would do to people back back in the day when, whenever they were punishing them, torturing them. So it says. So when you think about Christ's suffering, just that alone, that's just one part of the suffering that he went through. Not to mention how, you know, Jesus could, at the, at, at the simple, at the simplest thought, he could think about something and change it. He was supernatural in every way. He was God. He is God. And so for him to not act in, in a godly way towards everything that he saw was probably really hard. And I would compare that to us fighting against our flesh. You know what I'm saying? Because of course he wants to bet he wanted the best for everybody back in the day. He could have came right off of that cross, but he didn't. He didn't. He suffered. Knowing that he could remove himself from that cross. He did not. He did not. He was a miracle working God, human, all in one. He could have did any he could have stopped that at any time, but he didn't because he knew it was necessary. Because he knew the end goal. And it's important for anybody listening to know the goal that God has placed on your life, to know the goal that God has placed in your life and to shoot towards it, to devise, allow the Holy Spirit, allow God to work a plan in your life so that you understand where you're going. Because if you just walk around in circles in life with no plan, it's going to seem like you're living an unfulfilled life. 
You have to have a plan in your life. You can't walk around without a plan and you can't live a, a meaningful life blinded because without a plan, you're blind. You're walking around blind. You have to develop a plan. But uh, since Christ suffered for us, the suffers they went to, arm yourselves also with the same mind. Be like-minded as Christ. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. So when you deny your flesh, that sin will be removed from you. And if you if you always give in to temptation, then that flesh is gonna that flesh is, is just gonna be your first response. But if you if you resist the flesh and you look to the spirit, the spirit will become your first response. You will no longer respond firstly to your flesh, but you will respond to the spirit that's inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit of God. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God, is what it says in, in verse 2. Wow, that's almost what I said. Uh, for we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles. When we walk in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, and abominable idolatry. He said, man, we've spent, we spent enough of the past life. Oh, we're done with it. We, we've done that enough. We don't we don't want to you don't want to you don't want to sin forever you don't want to drink forever you don't want to do drugs forever you don't want to be mad at the world forever you don't want to be bitter your whole life you don't want to be miserable you don't want to hate everybody you don't want to be alone forever Jesus is the way the only way to get you through that in regard to these they think it's strange, and I'm sorry, I'm 4-4 right now. Uh, in regard to these, they think it's strange that you do not run with them in the same flood of dissipation, speaking evil of you. You know, the people that are doing the opposite of what you're doing, they think you're crazy because you're walking a certain way. They think you're crazy because you walk in the righteousness of God that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. They think that because you decide to make a change in your life that somehow that's invalid when, when we start making changes in our lives people that used to know us they know the old us and they're not used to this new us therefore they're going to look at you crazy and they're going to do that uh because of the mistakes or the way that you put yourself out there over the years you know and that can take many many years of restoration you know there's no set there's no level that you can say is good enough for each person because it's so it's so hard to build trust. It's hard to build people's trust because as humans, we have uh, a problem with trusting people sometimes. You know, it's really hard to really form a good trust, but it's easy to break someone's trust. And it's so hard to get that back. It's easy to break trust. But once you break that trust, it's so hard to get it back, to get that trust back when you when you lose people's, when you're not honest with people, whenever you you deceive people, when you lie to people, they tend to bat their eyes or to not want to listen to you anymore because they don't want to hear, they don't want to be deceived. Nobody wants to be deceived. Uh, so in verse five it says, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached also to those who are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, 
but live according to God and the Spirit. You know, the gospel isn't just for believers. The gospel isn't just for believers. The gospel isn't just for believers. The gospel is for everybody, especially the non-believers. Because, man, I was I was lost. I was I wasn't always a Christian. I was an unbeliever at one point. And it was in my unbelieving that I was able to find my purpose and find Jesus. In the middle of that, even in the middle of your sin, he's right there with you trying to pull you to him if you let it. But the, in verse 7 it says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be serious and watchful in your prayers, it says in verse 7. But the end of all things is at hand. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayer. You know, it, it's great to, you know, to say prayers like the Our Father. Um, you know, there's many different generic prayers you know the lord is my shepherd and shall not want he leads me down you know psalm 23 you know there's a lot psalm 51 there's a lot of really good prayers in the bible that if you meditate and you memorize and and, and you soak them up uh that they will change your life but don't rely on someone else's prayer and don't rely on something else that isn't your heart because a prayer that God has given David or Paul or Apostle James podcast or Brett or Joe or Jim, Bob or Jerry, the prayer that God has given them, that was something that the Holy Spirit put on that person's heart. So when you read these prayers in the Bible, when you listen to other people pray, that's coming from their heart. That came, that initially came from their heart. And so when you pray, it says, be serious and watchful in your prayers. Be very serious. Really understand, try to try to, to, to speak from your heart when you pray. And not to just say some words that sound good, but to really pray from your heart, to allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in you, to put words in front of you. To allow you to see the different things that he's trying to show you and to be watchful in your prayers to understand exactly what you're praying because you got to be careful what you entertain you don't want to entertain the wrong things you have to entertain the things of god the things that the word says the things that jesus taught us um, all the different things that are important and, and necessary uh, in verse 8 it says and above all things have fervent love for one another for love will cover a multitude of sins. And I think Jesus said that was, you know, the most important thing was, uh, they said, you know, what commandments are, are, you know, the most important. He said, you know, to love, you should love your neighbor as yourself. You know, you should love your neighbor as yourself. Love, love, love is very important. God, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave Jesus to us. Because he loved us. Not because he wanted to do that. He gave it to us because he loved us so much. He didn't want to see us in pain anymore. So he sent his son to die for us. So that we could, we could still live with him forever. And so that we 
could have someone to go to for sin because God was tired of dealing with all of our mess. He was tired of people backstabbing him. God was getting backstabbed left and right in the Old Testament. Every time God redeemed the children of Israel or, or, or somebody else in the Bible, they would go back on the word and say, oh God, I promise I'm not going to do that. And then they slapped God in the face and then God had to, had to redeem them again and then again and then again and then again. And even whenever he set the children of Israel free and whenever he sent them into the wilderness, when Moses led them through the wilderness, they still complained. They were slaves. They were slaves getting treated like dirt, getting overworked and not paid. They were barely living. They barely ate. They barely did much. They were tortured. They were slaves. They were straight up slaves. And God set them free from that and set them on a journey. And in the middle of the wilderness, God sent them food. God sent them provision. God sent them water. God sent them all the things that they needed. Not a single one of them had to change the shoes, needed a new pair of shoes. They somehow kept all the, all the same shoes. And uh, yet they still were ungrateful in the middle of it. And they questioned what was really going on. They, you know, I, I know you know how many times they questioned Moses regularly. If this is what they were, where, where are you taking us? What's going on? And they, you know, there was times where they wanted to overthrow Moses. They didn't want, they didn't know if he was really doing what was right sometimes. <clears throat> at the end of all that, when you know God starts something, you have to understand that he's going to finish it. He's going to finish it and it's going to be done in a, such a perfect way that it can only be explained through the eyes of the Lord. But love, it says in verse 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. So love will cover a multitude of sins. Verse 9, Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Oh, that's a tough one. Be hospitable. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. You know, sometimes we might not want to do things. But God gives us things to do, not for us or not to be comfortable, but to do them for his purpose so that other things can follow the direction and the path that he's sending them. So it's important to respond in a way and do things without that, oh, well, I guess I got to go over here and do this today. I got to do that. Or, you know, oh, whatever. I'm just... Don't know what I'm going to do today. Oh, it's just another bad day outside today. I guess I'm going to put my jacket on and make it to the bus stop. You know, it's like you to, to, to grumble, to complain. Uh, it doesn't add anything. It doesn't change anything. Because either you're going to do it or you're not. So it's very important to not grumble, to not complain when God puts those things in our lives. Because everything that's in your life is either orchestrated, ordained, or allowed by God. You have to understand that. <coughs> oh, excuse me. In verse ten, it says, "As each one has is as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God." If anyone speaks, verse 11, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. 
If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 12. This is the part that I, this is really what the whole part that's, um, was bringing this whole message together right here. The, the, this, this whole, the, the finishing right here. Um, while this came to my mind earlier, um, and it's about suffering for God's glory. Um, it says, you know, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is the trial, as though some strange thing happened to you. You know, when, 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 when things happen, you know, count it all joy. When things happen, look at it as a situation for growth, as an opportunity for growth, not as something that is meant to cling on to and just walk in, in hatred and resentment, but to look at it and try it and, and look look for God in the middle of it. Because any, every time you look to God, your situation is minimized. Your, your situation will be minimized if you maximize God in the middle of your trouble, no matter what it is, no matter what kind of trial you're Verse 13 says, but rejoice, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. You know, one thing somebody, you know, I, I used to say, I, I still say sometimes, you know, if you ain't doing nothing wrong, you don't have nothing to worry about. You know, my dad used to say that to me, actually. My dad used to say, if you ain't doing nothing wrong, you, ain't got, you don't got nothing to worry about. You know, and, and it's much in that, that word just, just rung right here. Um, if you are, are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you on their part he is blessed you know but rejoice the extent when glory is revealed you may also be glad with exceeding joy because whenever you're when, when you're following Christ when you're when you're following God when you're listening to everything that that he's telling you you don't have anything to worry about you don't have to worry you don't have to worry that's things that you don't have to worry you choose to worry we choose whether we want to be whether we want to be worrisome or we want to be at peace. You know, I'm not saying you can choose what situ every situation that happens in your life, but you can choose how you respond to every situation in your life. You can choose how you respond to everything placed in front of you. And so, if you choose Christ, you will have peace in every situation, no matter the suffering. On their part, he is blasphemed, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Uh-oh. <coughs> I think a lot about, you know, all the Hollywood companies and all the 
uh, media companies like, uh, you know, you got TMZ and Access Hollywood and, uh, you know, behind the scenes and, and those interviews and everybody's always so worried about what everybody else is doing. Excuse me. And everybody's always so worried about what everyone else is doing. Why? What does knowing about these other people do for you? You know, that God can't. Nothing. But it says, let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. Don't worry about everybody else. Worry about yourself and worry about what God is doing in your life. Worry about the message that God has for you today. And don't worry about what kind of hair Sally has or where, where, where did Susie go get those new shoes? Where did, where did Bob find those DVDs? You know, what, what is this guy's, you know, don't worry about other people and don't be a busybody in other people's matters. Don't go around trying to figure out everybody's situation and gossiping, you know, all that gossip, that talk back and forth, just to be talking. Now, it's one thing if you're using it for an example, you know, cause we're all an example in life. Depends on what kind of example you want to be. Um, you know, my pastor said that to me one time, and it just stuck with me forever. Uh, you know, we're all an example. It just depends on what kind of example you want to be. And so, when you go around as a busybody in other people's manners, and you go around talking about people, what do you think people are going to do to you? Those same people that you're talking to, they're going around talking to you about everyone else because that's the tone, and that's the example, and that's the expectation that you're putting in your life. So stop gossiping about other people's lives because it's not edifying the Lord. It's unedifying. And it's it's just a negative thing. And that's why right here it's 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 contributed with the word suffer. It says, but let none of you suffer, you know, as a busybody in other people's matters. So it, being a busybody and all that gossip, that means that you're going through something. You are suffering. As a person who's worried about everybody else all the time but it says in verse 16 it says yet if anyone suffers as a christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in this matter for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of god and if it begins with us first what will we be I'm sorry, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one is scarcely saved, what will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Last, last verse, uh, verse 9. Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as to a faithful creator. You know, suffering for the Lord is, uh, man, that's a that's a tough thing. And, you know, this, it's not easy to, uh, to allow humiliation to come into your life. Whenever, you know, whenever we get offended by things, you know, we, we, we act, sometimes it feels like it's the end of the world. 
we can't allow those feelings to come into our lives to make us feel like it's the end of the world because really it's the beginning of change if you don't respond the way the world wants you to. Uh, but this this whole verse, this whole chapter, for some reason, popped in my mind. But really, it was verse 12. I said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. And so some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. And when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. And, I, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, my friend Taylor. Um, with, with that with that verse and just thinking about his family and how strong that they have remained through the passing of their 24 year old son you know cut off from the surf uh, you know and so it's important that we you know don't think it's strange that things like this do happen you know bad things happen in life things happen but they don't happen for just any old reason. They happen according to God's will and purpose for our lives. And so even in the middle of that struggle, that death, you can find God in the middle of that because, man, he is so good. And it's only through God that somebody that's going through that can have the peace that they have and the knowledge that they know and the understanding of where somebody's at. So when people pass away, when they die, a lot of times I I feel, I don't know if I'm, sometimes I, I wonder if I still even have a heart because sometimes I don't cry. You know, sometimes it don't even bother me when people die. And, and some people be like, what, you just don't have a heart, man? And I'll say, well, you know, it's not that I don't care. It's that I'm not, I know what happens when we die. You know, I'm not, I'm not confused. I'm not confused. I know exactly what happens when we die. And I felt the peace of heaven over my life. I mean, the real peace, the removal of stress, anxiety, worry, fear. Man, the, the, the feeling of complete peace and tranquility is real in heaven. The heavenly feeling is real. And I know that Taylor's feeling that right now. I know that he is feeling that right now. Man, I'm jealous of him that he's up there <laughs> with the Lord right now. All this talking, that we, you know, we used to, we used to talk. <laughs> we used to talk about uh, about the Lord nonstop, and we would go back and forth. You know, he's my buddy, man. We go back and forth and just, you know, talk about the Lord. Well, what do you think about this? But this, that, that, that. And they're like, they're like some low grade theologians. You know what I'm saying? And so we go back and forth and just, just strengthen each other in, in the knowledge of the Lord. And so he's. I know that all of his questions are getting answered right now. You know, the Lord has answered all of his questions and I hope like he's up there hanging with Elijah and Paul and everybody else and you know what I mean and, and just uh, uh, just at complete peace man and, and I'm happy uh, I really am happy uh, for him and uh, you know I don't get upset when people die I might cry I, I might get a little emotional for half a second you know where I'm like oh man and it'll hit me like the grieving you know the grieving it's good it's okay to grieve you know you have I think it's necessary to grieve otherwise you might go crazy you might be a little crazy if you don't ever grieve but uh, you know you have to you have to trust the Lord you know we, we have to trust the Lord with every death with every birth or with every uh, fiery trial as it says in, in 1 Peter 4, 
um, with every 412 and 13 and every situation we have to not just trust God we have to give it to him and stop dwelling on our past or dwelling on the our mistakes or dwelling on the bad things that happen because you're not going to stop bad things from happening just because you're a Christian or you you believe in the word or you want to follow Jesus doesn't mean that you're not going to have any problems that's 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 a big misconception you know if anything you're subject to more attacks therefore you're strengthened in the Lord and you know how to defend those attacks it's just those attacks aren't even really attacks to, to us because we know who's behind the plot to kill us and that's the devil he wants to kill us he wants to steal us he wants to destroy us the good news is we don't have to let him we don't have to let him you don't have to give him permission to entertain those thoughts in your mind. You don't have to entertain the foolishness of the enemy. You choose when you entertain the enemy. And so I, I say this all the time. James 4, 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. He will flee from you. He won't have nowhere to go. If you don't give him room and you set that boundary through the blood of Jesus, you don't ever have to worry about that. Man, God is just so good, man. He really is. And, um, if, if we look at every situation the wrong way, man, we'll be in a world of hurt. And the, the good news about all this, everything we've been talking about, um, is that you don't have to live like that anymore. You know, we don't have to live in pain. We don't have to be miserable. We don't have to, we don't have to remain living life as a, as a drug addict. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be miserable. You can walk in freedom. And to walk in freedom, man, it feels so good to be set free. I can only, man, uh, like I said, I'm Willis and Taylor, you know, he's getting all his questions answered. Uh, I still got yeah. questions down here. He's got them all answered uh, there. I just ask that yeah. the Lord will comfort your hearts and give you peace. Yeah, the Lord comfort your heart and give you peace and also give you the grace to, you know, to really speak oh, the yeah. word of comfort and peace, oh, yeah. you know, to the, to the parents. You know, in such a time like this, you know, you you need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes. Because that's the only one who can comfort us. He feels all the vacuum in our lives. And stuff, so really suffering in pains. And this one is more of an emotional pain. You know, they will be in highly emotional pain. And because of the way it happened, you see, they have a lot of questions that they really need to get answered. What led to it? You know, that kind of a thing. So it, it pains more. You know, when people depart, there, there, there are quite a few things that will make it to be very painful. You know, with the young man that has gone that way, you know, actually pains me so much when young guy people 
departs. It pains me personally, it pains me so much when younger people depart, you know, and depart to go and be with the Lord. Yeah, they're with the Lord. So it's very painful for the, you know, for the, for their friends. Very painful for their parents. Very painful for their loved ones. And that way, it's not like that. Anyone that will depart, that it will be, um, the vacuum will not, is not created, like in. In almost every part of the world, when somebody has lived maybe a century or lived up to 90, you know, 100 in a century, then people say that, uh, you know, it's a celebration of life. This side, that's the way they do it. They say that when somebody lives, they say this is a celebration of life. You know, like, and so it's very painful. So I can even feel it as you are talking because if it's not painful to you, uh, so you you will not see it from this perspective. So it's very painful to you. So I really commiserate with you. I commiserate with you, and then I commiserate with the family. And then for our brethren, whosoever is going through this kind of pain at this time, uh, let every person know that the spirit of comfort is there. Uh, at this time, the only thing we can do is to ask that the Holy Spirit will comfort every single soul. And comfort them because it comforts us in our afflictions, it comforts in our pains, it takes them away. You know, so the Lord said that in the world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So we just ask the Lord that the Lord will comfort them, and then and the Lord will comfort you, and the Lord will comfort everyone right about there. And then we also ask the Lord to open our eyes. So that we know some things that happened. No, we know it's better to be with the Lord than to be here. So we just, yes, better to be with the Lord than to be here. And then uh, we thank God for his life that he That's lived. Right. The young man, the life that he lived. But, uh, if we knew what happened to him, that would also help others. You know, there are so much about this life. There really is so much about this life. There's a young man, a minister, I think that's David Brennard. I think that's David Brennard. He's one American, you know, in those days we read quite some of those ancient ministers that did quite some good works. And David Brennard worked among the American Indies. I think, I think that was in the 80s. In the, I think that was in the 1800s or so, David Brennard. So I, I can't remember exactly the, I don't know whether it's in the early of early, nine, early uh, 20th century or, or late 19th century. I can't remember exactly unless I check, you know, when David Brennard lived. He, he, he walked among, he walked among the uh, American Indies, you know, so great man of God, but he died at the age of 29. But look at what led to, the, to his death at the age of 29. So he used to fast so much. So he used to fast so much and fast so that he did not take care of his life. 
He didn't take care of his life. You know, so I, certain experiences have shown us that you see, on earth where we live, God gives us the right to decide for ourselves. God, God doesn't do things for, for us. But he gives us the life to decide for ourselves according to his will. For example, as we are now, as you and I are now, if we decide to walk away from the Lord, he won't even bother us again. If you decide to walk away from the Lord and walk away from the Lord and be on your own, the Lord will not bother you again. The Holy Spirit will come again, talk to you, come again and talk to us. But if a person refuses, then the Lord will leave him to live on him. So that's why that they have unbelievers, they do what they want to do. You see people, they do what they want to do. Likewise, between we become Christian, the Holy Ghost will try everything possible to talk to us. You know, so it's really painful that he has gone. But we wish that we'll find out why. But we cannot ask God why. It's painful that he went at the age of 24. It's very painful. It's very, very painful that he went at that age. You know, so when David Brennard went, it was um, another man of God, uh, Robert Lydon, that uh, in his book, God's General, God's Generals, he talked about David Brennard. And also, I, I even have you know, one of the books of David Brennard. I have it here. But it's, uh, it's somewhere. If it's close, I would have shown you. So, the, the, the guy died at the age of 29. And one of the things that I learned about him was that he was, he didn't manage his life. No matter what we do, we try to do our best. We just do our best. He didn't manage it. Most of the time, we take certain things for granted. You know, John chapter 17, verse 15, Jesus said, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from, from the evil. You know, when we comfort the people, like as you are, we comfort you, and then and comfort the brethren, and comfort the family. When we come back, we kneel down and ask God and say, God, wow. So that God will teach us. Because Bible says, teach us number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom. So God will speak to us. Like if you ask God now, God will speak to you. God will tell you why that he went. You know, God will tell you, yeah, he is there with the Lord. And we give God praise for him. May God comfort your heart. And then we may learn more about that. Amen. You know. Thank you for listening. I know that God has blessed you with so much. You know, our brother goes expositional, as I always say. You know, so when we go through all this, as God has been helping us to go through, then you have all manner of insights that come into your spirit. But I am very, very sure that you understand that you can live above all the rudiments of this world. You can live above that if you have the gospel in your heart. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Maybe you are bereaved. The God of comfort will bring comfort to your heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have the gospel in your life and the gospel will give you purpose in your life. You have purpose in your life. And this continues in the next episode assuredly. 
assuredly continues in the next episode. And I know that you're going to be blessed as you've been blessed. I know that God has blessed you tremendously. For you.